Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 226, Converging and Diverging Timelines. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome, and I'm in Tokyo, Japan. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's amazing after three years, and to meet so many old friends, new friends, and to see the changes that have been happening in this country as they have happened all over the world. I've been privileged to speak with Namaka-san in a five-hour seminar that we did together on the galactic human being. And what was amazing is that so many of his ideas were my ideas and vice versa. When it came to asking questions, I would often listen to him and think, actually, he said everything I was going to say. That's a rare thing for me to meet someone who is so in line with myself, and I'm sure it was for him. Because I think that there is a convergence of ideas coming together. I was listening to the Inspire channel and I like listening to them speak and the, the presenter also said the same thing, that he had been at a conference and he was finding that people were coming together in a way that it almost as if we inspire each other, but we're building on the momentum, we're building on the ideas. There's a convergence of ideas coming together. And those ideas are about the awakening, and I've talked a lot about that. That awakening of our DNA, the awakening of our beingness. And I've seen that in the people I'm meeting here, where the questions have moved from, if I may say, am I going to get married? What is my job? To how do I do more of who I am? And that was such a theme of that seminar. It wasn't about necessarily which star system you come from or which galaxy. It was very much about what are the unique qualities that I'm bringing from my star family to be placed on this earth? How do I bring heaven onto earth? And how do I enhance who I am? How do I bring more of myself and meet people who have similar ideas? that's very exciting to me. I've met amazing artists here, singers, painters, healers. Everybody I've been having communication with in my sessions has been saying, I'm about to start this new experience or I'm doing this, how do I do it more? That to me is what we're about. And that bringing together ideas so we inspire each other is really how I'm seeing this particular podcast. I imagine it's like a train station, which I'm going to be taking a train, the Shinkansen tomorrow to Osaka. And we all go into the train station and we meet and we mingle and then we go our different ways. And this reminded me of the sacred geometry shape known as a torus. T-O-R-U-S. And a torus, I like to say, is a three-dimensional Vesica Pisces, if you know what a Vesica Pisces is. But a torus has energy going in the top and out the top, in the bottom, out the bottom. In other words, it's not just a linear pattern. 
And it's also created when there are equal levels of repelling action and attracting action. So it's about equal levels of, we might say, the dark and the light, the masculine, feminine. It's when everything is in balance, but it's not balanced in losing itself. It's when my feminine is fully formed and my masculine is fully formed, then we create a Taurus. That makes sense? I could say when my darkness is fully formed and my lightness is fully formed, there is a Taurus. And once we create that Taurus, we create a wormhole, a gateway, a portal to other dimensions. And as Namakasan and I talked about on Saturday, the only way we do this is to find that unity, that acceptance of ourselves. So that this word that came up a lot on Saturday, love, is let me attract into my life all those things that are part of me, whether we see them as so-called negative or positive, masculine, feminine, whichever you weigh, yin, yang, and let me accept them into my heart. Because only when I have equal levels of those things that may repel life and those things that attract life, will I find that way of being whole. So loving the unlovable parts of ourselves, meeting ourselves in other people and finding ourselves accepting and integrating into our being those things that irritate us in others. So the journey of the soul now is about unity consciousness. This is what we all want, but it's unity through the acceptance of diversity. And I experienced that as well when I had the pleasure of speaking at a holistic medicine association meeting on Monday night that Dr. Furrier always brings together with such charm and, and integrity. And again, meeting others who have a different way of looking at astrology, for instance, or a different way of meeting the elements. And it feels that I'm enriched, as you probably are, by meeting in the train station and then taking that information out into the world. And at the seminar, we spoke about the chakras. And that's how I see a chakra. A chakra is the interface, the train station between my inner and outer worlds. It receives information, but it sends information. And it's the way in which a chakra synthesizes that information that makes us stronger, that, that wormhole in the center. Hope that makes sense. Same way I might say emotions are the energy, energy in motion, the energy used to create something. The feelings are the receiving of how we interact with what we created. There's always a duality. The light, the dark of the moon that I'm watching growing here. And as we start to build what we call this Taurus, which is accepting into our heart all these things, our heart connects to the heart of Mother Earth. And I've had the privilege again of teaching a wonderful course on the magic of Mother Nature that you know I enjoy. And that magic of Mother Nature is not just about, oh yes, we love trees. It's about finding us our heart in Mother Nature, connecting to all that is. 
So when my heart Taurus is forming, I connect to the heart of Mother Earth. I connect to the heart of the galaxy. I connect to the heart of the sun. And what we're working with is the galactic energy now. And the galaxy or the center of the galaxy is a black hole. There's also a white hole. So truly in the center of the galaxy is a Taurus. And so this same energy exists of equal levels of repelling and attraction, which creates this amazing space that is allowing us to experience our fullness at this time. And if we just go to the galaxy, if you get the chance to look out at the Milky Way, which is our galaxy, with its 50 billion stars, you'll often see around the one area is a kind of a thickening, a white area, which are the stars. And that's seen as the pregnant mother. She gives birth to everything. And then you might see a dark rift or a dark line. And that's known as the dark rift of the Milky Way or the sacred road, the black road. That's seen as her vagina. So she gives birth and then she takes back into herself through her black hole all that has been created. And it's the same principle. So that our journey is constantly birthing something, letting something die, but taking into ourselves that which was rich from the experience. So at this moment, as galactic beings, we are interacting these patterns over and over again. And we are experiencing a wave of energy coming from the center of the galaxy, a photonic wave, as we call it. But this photonic wave has more to it than just raise consciousness, although that is the truth of this. This has other energies involved with it. So what are those other energies? Well, you've heard me speak about how the magnetic field of the Earth is getting weaker because the north and south poles are getting weaker, so there's less differentiation between those poles. This inevitably will lead to a excursion in where the north and south reverse, but then go back to the normal again, or where we consider normal, or a complete reversal. It is said that the last complete reversal was 740,000 years ago but excursions have happened much more recently. When that happens, then we know there's going to be real issues with our satellites, our electro electronic equipment, our electromagnetic fields, and everything we rely on for our electronics. On top of that, we know that the sun also reverses its field on a regular basis. But because it's based on being an electromagnetic energy primarily, it reverses and, and has an effect, but less of an effect than what I'm about to talk about with the galaxy. But what we understand is that every planet in our solar system is undergoing changes at the moment. And these changes are affecting its atmosphere. Guess what? They're getting climate change. And there's none of the planets around us that aren't being affected. So inevitably we are. They are seeing where 
let's say a planet's atmosphere should have been getting warmer, it's getting colder. We're seeing difference in the length of days that we would expect. We're seeing different um, interactions on the Earth. I mean, what we might consider volcanoes or something happening within the field of that planet is changing. So before everybody runs around trying to stop us using carbon, this is nothing, this is not to do with the larger effects that are taking place from our solar system and as I'm about to describe our galaxy. Does this mean that we shouldn't actually take care of the planet? Well, we should not necessarily take care, we should be better guests. That is what I love teaching in my magic of mother nature. But beyond that, the solar, the sun is changing. And why is the sun changing? It's because out of this black hole of the center or the heart of the Milky Way, we are recognizing there is a flood of energy coming out that on a higher level we call consciousness, but it is also on a lower level, what happens with the dark hole or the black hole of the Milky Way she draws everything into herself, as all black holes do. And then, as I like to say, she burps. And that burp or that cough sends all everything that she's gathered into herself out into her environment. And what we know is that when she breathes in, she takes all this dust into herself, broken down planets, broken down solar systems. Then she coughs and all that dust is now coming towards us. And that's been happening since around the middle 1980, excuse me, 1880s. So now what we're seeing is that dust is reaching us, as well as the galaxy itself, the electromagnetic field of the galaxy has also been reversed, like our own planet. And I've got to tell you, nobody knows what the result of this is going to be. All I'd say is there's a full potential if we listen to the indigenous people, there's been times where there has been no sun in the sky. When there's no sun, there's no growth, there is freezing. We know this has happened in the past. And so without you getting fearful, I see that this photonic energy, galactic photonic energy is bringing new consciousness new opportunities for us to grow in consciousness. It's bringing us new opportunities, if I may say, to move beyond just a three-dimensional existence. And maybe it's putting a little bit of urgency into our ability to awaken to our higher self, awaken to our fifth dimension. That doesn't necessarily mean oh, you are no longer going to be a three-dimensional being. But if your body dies, you will be aware of a fifth-dimensional awareness that will say, I'm ready to move from that form into another form. Now, on a physical level, there are many people who are prepping for such a disaster coming. They're seeing as inevitable. I'm all for you prepping. People are digging down into the earth prepping or creating lots of food, lots of lighting. And I think there's a sense in if we had no electronics, what would we do? Our water wouldn't work. So many things are dependent on electronics nowadays. 
So being prepared that this could well happen in the next, I'm going to say people are talking about 2030s, 2040s, but maybe earlier. Beyond the prepping, we need to ask ourselves, what do I need to prepare for inside myself? And that's why I'm teaching about not disappearing inside, disappearing into a hole, but how do I prepare myself to live my life fully so that I build this passageway I'm talking about, this torus, this wormhole into other dimensions. So once again, if I take the analogy of the railway station, I think things are hotting up that where there's an urgency now where we may all be meeting together or you may be bringing your energy together into that railway station, but now the possibilities are not just to repeat the pattern in a three-dimensional way over and over again, but maybe some of those trains or that railway lines are taking you to other dimensions. I'm going to come back to that. Has this happened before? Yes. And I understood that when I was teaching here in Japan that 24,000 years ago, there was a disaster where we believe it may have been due to a magnetic reversal. It may have been due to a meteor. It may have been due to something happening in the sun, a supernova, or I should say a novel event. But something happened which wiped out what we call Lemuria or the continent of Mu, or sometimes it's known as Pan. And there's evidence across this area, New Zealand, Japan, Hawaii, of some major geological event happening 24,000 years ago. And I felt that before this occurred, and it said that uh, Lemuria was at its height at 45,000 years ago, that the people knew how to interact with the life force of the plant kingdoms, the animal kingdoms, the mineral kingdoms, and they sustained their existence and the existence of their body through this high frequency interaction with the life force of the plants, etc. They also knew how to use crystals to build the energy or to store the energy that I call dragon energy or deep energy of the earth. And so they didn't need fossil fuels or wind or solar. They basically used what is seen as the eternal energy source within our earth that it, you know that is there for us if we just learn how to work in harmony with mother earth and it was then stored in crystals and could be used for lighting and everything else that we needed but when lemuria civilization went under the waters and it was possibly because the people had become more corrupt, as we recognize in so many cultures, then we got cut off from the dragon energy. We got cut off from this ability to feed ourselves with the life force of plants. And I think that's one of the very basic wounds of, of, New, of New Zealand, of Japan, and I think especially the Japanese people, this loneliness or this feeling of not belonging because they lost that deep connection. And one of the things that's interesting is that there is a group of individuals called the Joman people who came about about 15,000 years ago and lived in the area that we call Japan. 
And clearly they were the survivors of Lemuria and they taught the people how to build uh, better places and also to keep this connection that really showed up in the Shinto traditions much later on. But nearly every Japanese person has genes, genetic information that comes from these German people. So it's, it feels like it's you're both taking the wound of these times into your body, but also the joy of knowing that you can return at some point. Now, the same happened in Atlantis that went down 12,000 years ago. If we look back, I have to say we could go 36,000 years, 48,000 years. Clearly, this reversal, the magnetic field reversal occurs every 12,000 years, maybe even at 6,000. But what I am saying is we are due. Atlantis went down 12,000 years ago. We know that there are situations we call the Younger Dryas, lots of evidence of a disaster where the, the planet was warming and then all of a sudden there was an ice age caused by various people think different things, whether it's meteor or whether it is the magnetic reversal. But true to say, people went into the earth and they went above. So we've always done that. And that ties up with what the Hopi people believe. They believe that they come from the inner world. And they believe that when there was a catastrophe, perhaps 12,000 years ago, their people went into the earth and were helped and aided by the ant people. And eventually when the earth was habitable again, they came up onto the surface. And there are petroglyphs of what they call ant people with, with ant tentacles. But in truth, these weren't necessarily ants. It was just people who live within the earth. And maybe they were wearing a space suit or some sort of suit that allowed them to live in within the earth with, without their oxygen and the sun that we rely on. I've been to such a place where we knew how to create chlorophyll and create oxygen. And we know how to do this. Other beings have lived up on their mountaintops when there's been floods. It makes sense. And that's been Shangri-La or Shambhala or these wonderful stories that I love talking about or love reading about in my life. So there are people who are digging into the earth. Many of the, the people who perhaps are leading the way, who have all the money, are digging in. There are so many caverns and caves already in the earth. But I always say that if some of, uh, if we, if everything went to pot and there was no sun, there was nothing, I don't know if I'd want to get into the same caves as some of these people who I do not, <laughs> I do not respect at this moment. So I've got a feeling that I may just say, beam me up, Scotty. I'm not going down there in their world. It's not the world I want to live. And if we move on from that, back to this idea of ascension, I believe the urgency now is for us to build our own Taurus, build our own train station, to bring everything, to converge everything into our being so we can diverge ourselves, live in other dimensions. Yes, you can, if you wish to prep and you can build things for yourself, but the ascension is not about something external. It's about my soul with a physical form or a form, a light body form, I should call it, the whole of me ascending into other dimensions, starting with the fifth dimension. And what we understand, as I've mentioned before, 
is all the planets have already done this. What we see in the sky is just their echo. And that the earth is already in a fifth dimensional form. But she, Gaia, is holding a door open between the fifth and the third dimension, i.e. in the fourth dimension, for us to be able to pass through, or as many beings to pass through as possible. But that door will close, I, I can guarantee. So are we ready to build that strong Taurus, that ladder, whatever we want to call it, that rainbow bridge, so that we can ascend whatever happens here on this physical earth? Because Gaia herself is also moving beyond what we may be experiencing physically now. So my last piece is about portals. So that I've used the example of Gaia having a doorway or a, I've often said there's a bridge. So you could see there's different analogies, but there is a bridge that is being built, a doorway. And these, these portals or passageways that are, are the center of a Taurus a place where we can travel through, as you might have seen in certain films that we might be watching. The key to this is who rules or takes care of the portal. It's almost like you've got a doorway in your heart, you've got a doorway in your crown chakra, you've got a doorway into the earth. Each chakra is a doorway, just has a different quality. It's like, again, my train station, depending whether or not you want a fast train or a slow train. There are different escalators to different platforms. And I'm asked often, like, what, you know, what are the star people doing? What are my star family doing? Now, are they coming to save me? No, they're not coming to save us. They are coming to activate our inner knowing, our DNA, to make our way to the portal. In other words, here I am in this beautiful country and I'm looking at Mount Fuji out my window. Mount Fuji is a portal. Sacred sites were built on portals. Groups of trees, fairy trees are portals. Rivers are portals, lakes are portals, wells are portals. Places where there is a, the energy is very um, high frequency, but it goes from one frequency to another. Does that make sense? It's not just one frequency. So wherever you have round energy, as I say, like a well or a mountain, you have an octave of frequency or many octaves of frequency at that place. They are portals. And those octaves of frequency, like an overtones, are allowing us to change our frequency. It's like a, it's like a, an ability to lift our frequency or not. Again, I could use an escalator or an elevator. Which, which level do you want to go on? And an elevator or a lift is saying to us, look, you can go to the top floor like I am here in this hotel. You go to the bottom. I'm just an elevator. <laughs> I just know how to do this. And so such a thing can move us. That's what the Taurus is about. It's, it's not a static energy. It's an elevator. Or a portal is an elevator, if I want to say it that way. <clears throat> so we are building our own elevators in our body as we integrate those parts of ourselves. And the star beings are, are standing at what we call the stargate above our head, which is a portal saying, come on, you can reach here. 
And at the same time, they are recognizing that once those portals, those doorways opened, it was the potential of people both coming in who were not going to serve us and stopping us going out. So the star beings that I'm working with are, you could say, a fighting with those star beings or those beings and their star beings as well, who are trying to stop humanity from expanding beyond the simulated form that we're living in. So as this door opened, there are those who want to keep us slaves and there are those who want to make us gods. And our star family is trying to hold the door open for us long enough for us to escape what we call this simulated world, this reality that we have lived in for so long. And many people are moving through these portals. We call it death. So there are many people dying who are actually saying, wow, the door's open, let's go. And I've seen UFOs disappearing through these portals. They've been stuck here. So wherever we felt limited and we can't get out, these doorways are opening. And so for the last piece, I'm just saying, rather than relying on our star people to open these doors and leave them open for us, we have to connect our heart to our star family, and that's just in the name of love. And it is our love, our resonance with these higher frequencies that is keeping the doors open or opening the doors. And so once we connect to that higher frequency within ourselves, that is really our highest, our parts, the part of us that is a start being, the door stays open. So please go to any sacred site in your world, any place you know, it might be your, your garden or your backyard, anywhere that feels sacred, make an idea, go to the trees, go to the rocks and re resonate with those special places. Open your heart to their frequency and we will open portals for everyone who wishes to, to move into those higher frequencies of love. Until next time, I wish you all well. I send you much love from Japan. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.